The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Fourteen twenty in the morning, 14 minutes and 20 seconds where the sports talk to get you through your daily commute. Hot takes, recaps, best bets, and a little humor to get your day going in the right direction. Sit back, grab your coffee, and let's get into it. All right, 14.20 in the morning for this final day, the 30th day of November 2023. Uh, today's show, as always, is brought to you by SeatGeek.com, the SeatGeek app. Use promo code 1420POD over there at SeatGeek.com today and save yourself 20 bucks on your first purchase, whether it be uh, concert tickets, sports tickets, uh, event tickets, whatever it is over there at SeatGeek. Pick your, those up today and, uh, yeah, save yourself some dough in the process. Who doesn't like saving money around the holiday season, uh, which is right around the corner tomorrow? I Mariah starts tomorrow, full bore on uh, on December the 1st. But anyways, remember, we are part of the Belly Up Media Network. Go to bellyupsports.com for all their great articles and other podcasts. Make sure you uh, subscribe to Belly Up and Friends over there on Spotify. Your one-stop shopping for everything uh, Belly Up for the podcast side of things. And thank you to everybody from all of us here at 1420 World Headquarters. Got some uh, exciting news today. Uh, we, uh, we'll talk about that a little later on again in the show about uh, 1420 World Headquarters. One of those things. Uh, been been focused so much the National Hockey League season. Obviously, that's uh, at the quarter uh, the quarter pole of the season so far. Every every team has played at least twenty one games, except for the uh, Ottawa Senators, who've only played seventeen. So it's kind of hard to judge what they have going on there in the nation's capital up and down season so far. But we're not going to talk hockey today. And obviously, the uh, the football season is in full swing. Uh, the jockeying for playoff positions is uh, happening now. Uh, got Garrett uh, uh, from the uh, uh, the the uh, the two dudes of sports news going to join me and Dave tonight to talk some football and some other things on the uh, 1420 Sports Bar podcast later on tonight. But right now we're going to talk some news and notes around the major leagues of professional baseball with the winter meetings happening on uh, on Sunday. They're starting to get going there. So there's a lot more uh, a lot more talk around the baseball world about free agents, who's going where and what's happening everywhere uh, around the world of baseball. Some moves have already been made. Uh, I was sad to see last night that uh, a guy that I uh, uh, not he's not a great Yankee. He wasn't a great Yankee, but he had some great Yankee moments in his, and this isn't a Yankee show by any means, uh, today on 1420 in the morning. But uh, sad to see last night uh, that I saw Luis Severino. He's not having to travel too far, probably stay in the same bed that he's got had for a few years in New York City, but he's moving on to pitch for the Mets next season. He got a one-year uh, bridge deal, I guess, to see a show-me deal at $13 million to go across town, across to Flushing, and pitch for the Mets. So it's kind of sad to see uh, Luis Severino go. It, like I said, he's not a uh, he's not an all-time great, but he's he's had some uh, great Yankee moments. That 2017 team, which I've talked about at, at length, how great I thought that team was and how they kind of uh, fell short of their goal. It was a team that kind of came out of nowhere. And they were fun to watch, and it was a year ahead of the, the rebuild and everything else that, uh, that happened back in 2017. So it's sad to see Severino go, but I'm glad he's getting a uh, – another chance to pitch uh, in professional baseball because I think he's really good. I think he bulked up a little too much. You don't say that very often about pitchers, but I think he bulked up a little too much. And the, his arm couldn't carry his body weight. That's just me on the outside looking in, but uh, it's sad to see Luis Severino go. Of course, the uh, the major news right across professional baseball is the Otani watch, and it's on full board, full swing. Every team uh, thought they had a choice, a, a chance at him, but let's uh, let's be honest with you. There's probably uh, five or six teams who are in the running for Otani when you, uh, when you get down to brass 
tax. You didn't have, uh, I'm going to guarantee you that the Milwaukee Brewers, the Tampa Bay Rays, the uh, who else is a, a Chicago White Sox. Uh, let's go on and on throughout the uh, the baseball realm. The Oakland A's, the, the, the Baltimore Orioles, there's a number of teams that you get from 30, you get down to five pretty quick. But another team dropped out of the race this uh, this this past week. The, the world champion Texas Rangers said, thanks, bye, see ya. Uh, we are no longer interested in having Otani and his uh, what's upwards of $50 million uh, BRDH this season. No thanks, see ya. And I, I totally understand why. You, yes, you can find a, a place to put him, but spending $50 million bucks on a team that's already the fourth in professional baseball uh, in payroll to put another add another $50 million to that would be kind of a mistake and would be an overshot because yeah, considering Otani isn't going to pitch this year and you don't know how that arm is going to hold out and everything else in the, the lineup. Yes, you would find a place to DH Otani 100%, but $50 bucks for a, for a one-year DH and see uh, see how you go. I don't know if that's the, uh, the right move to make, especially when you already have uh, they already won themselves a world championship. So why would you? Like, just why would you? It doesn't make sense. The place is already full. They're they're going to sell a lot of tickets next year, and that's a lot of this this that Otani thing is too. Is selling tickets. Let's not kid ourselves. Yes, teams want to win, but if they can put Otani on their team, they'll they'll sell a lot of tickets. The place will be packed no matter what. Uh, but the other, the one team that's still kind of in the in the running. They met with him this week was the Toronto Blue Jays, and I don't know how much I believe that for for the Jays to get Otani. Uh, they they sold that they've had a ninety win season for the last few years. They've sold the, the new reno, renovations. They've sold to him that he'd be hitting in between Bichette and Guerrero, so he'd be seeing a lot of pitches. He'll get a lot of uh, quality at-bats. He won't be getting walked and on, and he won't be being pitched around. And if he is pitched around, he gets on base, and either Bichette or or uh, or Guerrero are going to see more pitches, too. So it's a win-win for the Toronto Blue Jays to go after Otani, and I could I could kind of see uh, him go, them going after him a little bit, but the problem that you have with Toronto signing him is they're going to have to overpay a lot. Uh, getting uh, players, uh, free agents north the border every time, no matter what, and, and I understand it. I get it. The weather isn't great. You're playing inside the dome. It's newly renovated and everything else, but it's not a it's not a destination spot for a lot of baseball players. And I totally understand that. There's the immigration thing. There's the border thing. There's the travel. Like I get it. I totally understand. It's not as bad as it used to be, but it's still a, a situation. So if the Jays do end up getting Otani, they're going to have to overpay by a lot. Rogers has money. Don't get me wrong. Rogers has a lot of dough, and they would be able to afford it in a second. The amount of money that they make off off everything would be. Uh, it, it's easy for them to pay Otani. There's no there's no getting around that. But they would have to overpay. Uh, Otani uh, in a in a large large way. And like we're, we're talking, I think it would be the the fifty five to sixty million bucks as uh, initially said. Not to say him to not even pitch. That's going to be a, no matter who who ends up landing Otani. I think you have a situation there where it's going to be a. Uh, a a, a dual contract like next year is going to be 50 million bucks to have him on your team to just a DH. That's a pretty big chunk of change just to be a DH. Yeah. He probably has a glove and probably could play outfield and everything else, but yeah, that's not who he is. And, but yeah, you, you're going to overpay for one year and then you're going to see what he can do the next year. And I always thought he'd be, he'd be a billion dollar guy, but because of the injuries, he probably is going to be about a 650, $700 million dollar guy when it's all said and done. One team that kind of came out of the woodworks a little bit. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of not leaning towards him because I still think he's a Seattle guy. I still think he's going to end up in Seattle, but the Dodgers are, are, uh, are, are leading at the turn apparently right now. Buster only reported that, that the Dodgers are pretty much there and the, he knows and Otani knows where he wants to go and I think it's to stay in LA and it, you just think that uh, maybe, just maybe an outside chance because the Cubs uh, were, were, were in talks to get to land Otani and they, they went out and they made a, a managerial change. They went out and got great counsel and they had a very good season last year and Otani going to Chicago 
Chicago probably isn't the dumbest idea, but uh, the weather isn't ideal, obviously. Uh, playing in Toronto would be a lot better because if, if it gets too cold outside, you just close the dome and see you later. Uh, the, the weather in uh, at Wrigley Field can get a little bit shady, but money does talk. And they, like I said, they went out and got Craig Council, and they're in a win-now mode, and the Cubs are, are a dark horse right now to land Shohei Otani. It's, it's something that people can kind of, kind of look at a little bit. I still think Seattle is the place. I still think that Seattle is going to be an, an outside look, but it's probably going to be um, – like looking now is probably going to be the Dodgers because they have some they have some uh, situation there. Are they going to re-sign uh, Kershaw? Uh, that Julio Harias, uh, Harias, is he going to be able to pitch because he's he has a situation where he's still going to be uh, suspended next year for his uh, his violation of the Major League Baseball uh, uh, players agreements and all the trouble that the players seem to be getting in no matter what. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see where he goes. I think that deal is going to be done sooner rather than later. I think that deal is going to be done uh, quickly. I think that the price is going to get driven up uh, in the next in the next few days at the winter meeting as it usually is and it's going to get driven up to a point where the Dodgers are going to have to overpay and but he's going to end up probably with the Dodgers I still think Seattle has an outside an outside look at that but uh, one of those things another free agent right now is another Japanese player who got to Great notoriety last year where he got great uh, exposure when the, the World Baseball Classic. Uh, Yoshinubu Yamamoto, a 23-year-old pitcher out of, uh, a 25-year-old pitcher, sorry, out of Japan. 1.68 ERA, I think it was. I know ERA, people don't care about that as much anymore. But this guy can pitch, and he has uh, he has no wear and tear on his elbow so far, uh, as reported. But you know, you just never know when it comes to, to pitchers' elbows and everything. Japanese pitchers at a young age, they throw a lot and they strengthen their arm. And it was kind of a, a, a thing with Otani, maybe just overplaying and hitting and everything else. But it turned, like from all reports, that this guy's arm is in perfect condition, and he's a workhorse, and he can pitch and everything else. And he's going to get a, a pretty big chunk of change. He's going to get uh, a lot of money a lot of interest right throughout baseball. One team that's uh, got an inside track on him, people are saying the Yankees, people are saying the Mets, but I can't see the Yankees going out and spending that. It always comes back to the Yankees, no matter what, down here at 1420 World Headquarters, otherwise known as Yankee Tavern North. But it's it's one of those things I don't think the Yankees should go out and sign him. You look at what they've already got on, on the books for for, for a, a bad team already. They, did, they didn't do anything, and they're not going to do anything next year. They're going to be terrible again next year. But you got Cole Rodon, Judge, and of course, Sean Carlos Stanton. They're paying them well over $100 million dollars for those four guys so to add a pitcher uh to a team that isn't going to uh perform well next year i don't see why they why they would the only way they could possibly possibly get that deal done is if uh, they traded gliber torres and uh, before he becomes a free agent because he's going to want to get paid uh torres is set to make i think 14 to 15 million bucks next year to uh so the only way they go out and get a guy like Yamamoto would be to trade Gliber Torres, and he was part of the, and, and the thing about Torres, he was the only part of their, their offense last season, so going out and grabbing a pitcher like Yamamoto, I don't see that happening. I think the Yankees are in a state of disarray right now. They're in a state of flux, and uh, they just don't know where, where which way is up right now. I don't know if anybody read the uh, thing, it's going to turn to be a Yankee podcast, but if anybody read that uh, Zach Britton, recently retired Zach Britton, he was a reliever for the Yankees for, for a short period of time until his elbow gave up on him. He said there was a disconnect between the, uh, the analytics guy and the baseball guys, and nobody knew what was really going on in that clubhouse, and they seemed to be really turning things. Uh, it was so uh, talking out of both sides, their mouth, the Yankees were when it came to thing, and it kind of goes against what Cashman, Cashman was saying a couple weeks back when he wanted the rant with the reporters there. So if you get a chance to read that uh, that uh, Cashman or uh, the uh, Zach Britton article, I'll find, I'll put it up on our Twitter and I'll put, maybe put today's show's notes. It's one of those things. But you, you, you look at what the, they're going to do and how they, the Yankees are going to try to improve themselves, and the Mets were rumored to be in on Yamamoto as well, but look out for the San Francisco Giants to, to jump in there. They've been trying to spend money since last year. They've been trying to spend money for a lot, and 
and they were a pretty good team. But I also think that maybe, just maybe, this Yamamoto character, he finds out where, where uh, Otani is signing, and they might go as a as a dual threat, Japanese threat that goes uh, and, t- and barnstorms some Major League Baseball next year and can, can make any team a, a leg- legitimate contender. And this might be one of those things that, uh, that maybe the Dodgers are in on him too because all of a sudden they get both those guys – the buildings and they, they get that elusive World Series. Yeah, they got the 2020 World Series, but that one was obviously a uh, a bubble World Series, a shortened season, la da 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 da. But going, the Dodgers went and overpaid, oversigned signed these two guys. The Dodgers might end up uh, with the, both these guys in their lineup and uh, get that elusive World Series. Uh, but I still think Seattle. I still think Seattle. Maybe both those guys go to Seattle. Who knows? But it could be a package deal, and they might wait and see where one guy signs. What one shoe might drop, and the other one might be right behind it. So it'll be really interesting to see how that. That turns out uh, another guy that uh, hasn't uh, signed anywhere yet, but it's reported that Blake Snell, the American League uh, reigning Amer- or National League, sorry, American National League Cy Young Award winner, wants to sign his whole his hometown uh, Seattle Mariners. Uh, that might put uh, the Mariners over the top. It wouldn't hurt them at all. He has zero wear and tear on his arm. Uh, left-hander doesn't throw hard, but throws effectively. And the thing about Snell that I don't like, but I like uh, as a free agent, I don't like that he doesn't pitch very much. He doesn't get go late into innings. He doesn't pitch uh, past the sixth inning very often. He ne- never goes past. It might, might be a team imposed or a Snell imposed. I think the guy's a bit of a nozzle, the way he talks and sounds like a surfer from fucking wherever land. But um, he... Uh, I like the fact that there's nowhere on his arm because he doesn't go late in games. And and, and so his inning count is kind of, is definitely low, but he's highly effective. He gets a lot of ground ball outs. He doesn't strike out a ton of guys. He doesn't walk a ton of guys. So he hasn't thrown a lot of pitches. And the thing is, I like Snell in the fact that there's nowhere on his arm. He's going to get paid and he ends up in Seattle and that might put Seattle over the hump. You know, they, 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 they were, they were running last year really great until the last week and week and a half of the season. And then they kind of fell apart and the Rangers overtook them and the Rangers ended up winning the world series. But go a, a, a Snell signing at his at home, and then they they go out and get Otani. There's two guys that might put them over the top. So look for look for the Mariners to do some damage to the winter meetings in the next couple of days. Uh, that um, that that start on Sunday. I think it's the shoe's going to drop on Sunday early, and you can see a lot more movement. And there's for some for some reason there's been a lot of um, rumblings a little bit, and it was debunked a little bit yesterday by uh, Blue Jays uh, general manager Ross Atkins, who's uh, came out of hiding after that debacle in the playoffs uh, earlier on this. Uh, this fall, uh, but there's been some rumblings about Bichette getting traded. He kind of debunked that yesterday, that he's the, the shortstop of the future, but you just never know where there's smoke, there's fire, and then uh, Vladdy talked about him move, they're, they're moving on from him as well, so that when there's, where there's smoke, there's fire when it comes to these, yes, rumor mill gets started no matter what, and it's kind of how it goes. But you just never know what might happen because the Jays are looking to move things. They haven't got it done. They haven't been close. So you just wonder how it's all going to uh, pan out for the, the Toronto Blue Jays and everything else. A couple of guys that have already uh, decided <coughs> to, uh, to to sign already. Uh, one is uh, Sonny, pinstripes are heavy gray. Uh, he's decided that he's... Uh, all of a sudden, the place he wanted to play, no matter what, was the uh, St. Louis Cardinals, uh, which is which I find funny. The Cardinals were seventy-one and ninety-one last season, and anybody who said they wanted to play for a seventy-one and ninety-one team, they're full of shit. They should. Uh, he he got he got seventy-five million bucks for three year, three years with a fourth year on on the deal as possible. So that that's why Sonny Gray wanted to play for the St. Louis Cardinals. They offered him the most money. Uh, news break, news break, guys. That's a Sonny Gray deal. What an idiot. I don't mind Sonny Gray. He just couldn't. Ha- he could 
couldn't hack it in New York, which I understand pinstripes are heavy, but it's just funny to make that statement. You, have, you say all the right things when the contract's in front of you and then the the, uh, the, uh, the the camera's in front of you at the press conference announcing the signing. So it's funny that Sonny Gray signed there. And uh, Aaron Nola decided to, uh, he stayed with the Phillies. He got to 168 or 170, 172 million over seven years uh, with the Phillies. He just decided to stay there for the remainder's career. Uh, the there was a couple teams that were t- were said to have uh, their their nose sniffing around in in that deal. Uh, the one team was the Baltimore Orioles, and I I can't like I think that was a bit of lip service for the Orioles and the Orioles fans just to say yeah we're interested. Just say you're interested, and the fans go oh great we're interested. That's not the way it really works. You have to say you're interested because if you're not, then the fan base gets a little bit uh, rambunctious and they get a little bit um, against you, I guess. And they are wondering what are we what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And then the, the GM says well we were we were sniffing around, but you know they signed here instead. And another team that uh, that said that they were interested was the Los Angeles Dodgers. And it turns out that Nola uh, just basically, I didn't sign with the Dodgers because they offered him uh, more money but less term. They offered him, I think, 168 or $175 million over six years. And he said, no, no, I'm good because I don't like L.A. Uh, it's, kind of, it's just quite funny. It was just, he didn't want to live in Los Angeles. He had no interest in living in Los Angeles. So he said, you know what? I don't, I don't like L.A., so I'm out. You, you wonder why when he was uh, maybe saying that he, uh, he uh, didn't uh, – when he's being courted by the Dodgers a little bit, why he didn't just check the box, but that says, are you willing to relocate? No, I'm not. I'm not moving there. And then it was wasting the time and everything else that, that factored into that situation because it sounds like he was uh, not signing with the Dodgers no matter what. Yeah, the old renter's choice or the applying for a job somewhere else, say, are you willing to re- relocate? No. I, I'm staying here. I'm good. I'm not leaving anywhere. So it's just kind of funny the way that it all turned out. But uh, we got something on the works there for uh, Saturday. Uh, check your local listings what time we're going to get this thing going. But I've been uh, putting together uh, the the Major League Baseball, the Hall of Fame guys, the guys who are on the ballot this year. I've been putting something together that I could probably do on Saturday or Sunday. I haven't quite decided yet when we're going to get around to doing this. But uh, for the, for who I think is going to get in the Hall of Fame, uh, probably about noon uh, Mount Standard Time on Saturday, maybe 10. Actually, we'll do probably do it 10, 10 o'clock on Saturday morning because uh, not a lot, lot of sports going on. Like uh, college football, yeah, there's conference championships games, but they don't really matter a whole bunch. The Big Ten game is uh, later on that night. and the, I think the uh, the SEC championship game is on around 2 o'clock Mountain Standard Time, and the Pac-12 game is tomorrow night. So I think Saturday morning is probably the best time to get some viewers and you guys aren't uh, take, taken away from your college football. We, we'll sit around and we'll talk about the uh, Major League Baseball and the, and the Hall of Fame and who's getting in, and in my opinion, who, sh- who should be getting in and who shouldn't be getting in. First ballot, not first ballot, on and on it goes. So that should be a fun little show. I've been putting that together for about a week and a half now, and so that should be a, a fun conversation. Make sure you tell people about the, who are baseball fans can get out there and watch the show and listen over there on YouTube. And make sure you subscribe as the little, little man is saying right there if you are watching on YouTube today. So there's my little baseball talk, not a whole lot, uh, but lots going on here at World Headquarters, as always. And uh, we got some news uh, breaking that just came across about an hour, about an hour ago that we uh, got some news here about uh, we're, uh, we're changing locations. Anyways, we'll uh, get going to that. But here's a little word from our friends over at SeatGeek. Give Santa and his elves a break from the grind this Christmas season and ask for tickets from SeatGeek. SeatGeek has tickets for shows, concerts, and sporting events for around the globe. And by using promo code 1420POD, you'll save $20 on tickets. Tickets make for great stocking stuffers and gifts. So get go to SeatGeek.com or the SeatGeek app for all of your ticket needs this holiday season. And use promo code 1420POD today for your Christmas ticket. Uh, anyways, yeah, her friends over at SeatGeek, thank you very much for, for uh, sponsoring the show. Uh, geez, it's been uh, 
almost two years now they've been uh, been helping us out here 1420 world headquarters uh anyways let's get to uh birthdays and on this days and maybe we might even do a a, a final thoughts uh, of the of the day and uh, we'll get everybody out of here and see how things go here we go Happy 61st birthday to Bo Jackson, born on this day in 1962 in Bessemer, Alabama. Jackson was drafted in the second round with a major league baseball draft by the New York Yankees, but instead went to Auburn University on a football scholarship because he promised his mom he'd be the first in his family to go to a major college. At Auburn, Jackson uh, rushed for 4,303 yards and 44 or 43 touchdowns in his 40 in his four years there, uh, culminating in a Heisman Trophy in 1985. In a year where he also won the Walter Camp Award, SEC Player over the, uh, the Year Award, a unanimous All-American, and the Sporting News Player of the Year. Jackson's football career was put on hold in an odd situation between himself and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So Jackson decided to go and play professional baseball for the Kansas City Royals organization. Uh, he made his major league debut in September of 1986 and made the full roster out of spring of 1987. Jackson was again drafted in the NFL by the, the, the Raiders and the, uh, the uh, legend of Bo Nose was born. Bo Jackson, probably the greatest athlete to ever, ever uh, be, be in the game and all, right across the board. Bo was something else. Short football career. I think he only played five or six years, if that. But he was a great baseball player and a great athlete. And just the, the knees and the hips and the back and everything else just couldn't couldn't uh, hack it. So, But happy birthday. Happy 61st birthday to Bo. And on this day in 2005, the Boston Bruins traded Jumbo Joe Thornton to the San Jose Sharks in exchange for Wayne Primo, Brad Stewart, and Marco Sturm. The Bruins were 8-13-5 at the time of the trade and had just signed Thornton to a three-year, $20 million deal before the season started. The trade looked great for San Jose in the first season as Thornton found instant chemistry with Jonathan Chichu and recorded 92 points in 58 games with the Sharks at 125 in total for the season to win the Art Ross Trophy. Chichu scored 56 goals with Thornton as his centerman and won the Rocket Richard Trophy that year. Uh, when the season was over, Thornton also was awarded the Hart Trophy as a league MVP in his 15 years in San Jose. Thornton scored 251 goals, had 5,804 assists for 1,055 points, and had a plus-minus of plus-161. Thornton was a six-time All-Star with the uh, in his NHL career and retired after 2021-2022 season. There he is, Jumbo Joe Thornton in his days with the San Jose Sharks, one of the best Sharks ever played the game, probably probably the greatest Shark ever. You, him or, him or Marlowe, I guess we, it would it would come down to. But uh, on this day, I, I remember well, well when he got traded because he was the first overall pick to the Bruins, and uh, yeah, it was crazy to think that they they just kind of departed, especially after he got that contract. It was kind of a an odd situation that he got dealt, and this wasn't working out. Like he was he was kind of uh, told it to not be a winner, and it turns out maybe the, the Bruins were right because with that trade, the Bruins were actually uh, they kind of uh, reset their roster uh and then 2011 they ended up winning the stanley cup so it's one of those things that it all worked out quite well for the bruins and well thornton made a bunch of dough and jonathan chichu had a couple of years and then he just kind of he he completely disappeared off the radar it was a one hit wonder one of those things it's uh, funny how the the world of sports gets going um yeah let's let's call that a day for today i was going to do a final thoughts but i don't have it really refined right now um because it's a pretty touchy subject maybe me and dave will talk about that tonight it's about that kid with the raiders 
the Raiders Chiefs game, uh, wearing the headdress and the face paint and everything else. And uh, dead spin tried to spin it one way and it d- didn't turn out that way. It turned out the kid is uh, of Na- Native American uh, descent and his, his uh, grandfather's is, is a part of the council for, for the, uh, for the tribe out there. And uh, said, it's funny how dead spin all, and, P- and people in general can, they, they, they try to just get, get clicks and get, get bait and they look, end up looking stupid because uh, just trying to, to get ahead of the story and trying to, and trying to just d- divide the people. And I, that's, so that's my final thought for the day. We are going to talk about it. We, I'll, uh, maybe me and Dave and, uh, and uh, Garrett will talk about it tonight on the uh, 1420 show because it's uh, the touchy subjects around the world of sports right now. A lot of stuff going on that's just uh, that uh, we shouldn't care about that overdoes the games a lot. But anyways, there's 1420 in the morning for this uh, this 30th day of November. As I said there a little earlier on, we got some news this morning that we we are moving. We are we are not we're staying in Lethbridge, but we are moving across town to a, a bigger place and everything else. So the uh, in the in the coming weeks ahead, uh, the the everything start coming down behind me here. And uh, but to the middle of the month, I think we're we're moving to a different place here in Lethbridge. Exciting move for for me and Deanne and everything else, and uh, uh, should be a, a lot of fun and new new beginnings for uh, 2024. And uh, going to wrap up 2023, which has been a very good year but we'll wrap up 2023 in the right way in the next month ahead make sure you guys tell people about the show talk to people and uh, go out and download and listen and everything else and talk to people about the show and listen to the show and uh, yeah just keep uh, keep supporting we'll keep putting out the hits out there on a daily basis here from 1420 world headquarters remember we're doing the uh, the hall of fame show on saturday around uh, t- probably 10 o'clock eastern or 10 o'clock mountain standard time which is noon eastern check your local listings and we'll get it out there anyways there's 1420 in the morning uh remember it doesn't matter where you are it's who you're with have a great day folks and we'll talk to you tomorrow you just listened to the 1420 sports bar podcast four beer of the sports talk and a whole lot more we are part of the belly up media network let's get